Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the September 11th edition of the Hughes Sports Podcast. I am your host, of course, Jake Hughes, alongside me, the old man. Old man, how the hell are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. I'm doing great. Are you doing great? I'm tired. Just, just so defeated. I'm doing great. I just, I'm just exhausted. <laughs> you know what they say, fake it till you make it. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> welcome to the show, everyone. If you're new here, we are the Hugh Sports Podcast. We talk everything when it comes to the CFL, BC Lions, as well as Canucks. Um, we sprinkle in some college football, some other random sports and things we uh, enjoy in the week. And what oh, a week. Let's, fa- let's face it. We talk about whatever the hell we want to. Keep, we try to keep it on on online to sports, but it gets sidetracked sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. And uh, what a week it's been! It, I feel like it's been a long time since we talked on stream, even though it's like on on air on podcast. But it's only been a week. Yeah, it was Monday, but my goodness, it's been a busy and week for it's a, sports. It's been a busy. I think it's because like. For me personally, football season is becoming full swing for amateur football, so I'm super busy. Post-Labor Day rematches and and CFL season getting ramping up to the the push for the playoffs. You have the NFL starting. Then the first thing I want to talk about today is, is it officially hockey season now? You know, I'm looking over at my Vancouver Canucks flag there. Right there. Yep. And I'm thinking... You did it right the first time. I'm proud of you. I know. Hey, I've like yeah, right it's only taken you uh why is that? It's like it's it's right there. That's my camera must be different. Weird. I don't know what I, I did see, with my the camera. Old, the old man's losing it. I'm losing my mind, folks. Anyway. The Canucks flag. <laughs> um when does hockey, when is it, when it was, I mean, officially should it be when the training camp starts? But there's, there's things, I mean, to be fair, hockey really never stops. There's no. constantly news and things happening. Well, we because you a, got, you got trade deadline, you got the draft. Free agency, well, yeah, free agency, trade, uh, uh, free agent frenzy draft, um, all sorts of different news, trades happening in that time. But to me, it feels like the beginning of September... The, the once NFL season kind of kicks off, to me, that's when I th- start thinking it should yeah. be hockey time. So yeah, I, I don't disagree. Like n- now is the time that um, it seems like everything's going. Like we're talking about basketball with the the World Cup or whatever they wanted to call that. Yes, World Cup. It is the World Cup now. It, it yeah. used to be called the World Championships. It is now. Called I knew the World it was Cup. different, and I, I knew um, they had changed the name. Yes, just recently. And football's going strong, while the CFL's going strong. The NFL just started, and of course, it's all the hype that goes along with that. And then the prospect of every team in the NHL has a chance to win the Stanley Cup as of today. I, I, I they have a chance. Including Arizona? Everybody, there's an there's an opportunity for every team right now in this NHL to win the cup. That is fair. Every team is on even level right now. Right? Um, so, I mean, some have a million to one odds that they but win. There's, hey, there's a million to one odds. Someone wins a lottery every year. Right? People get struck by lightning. 
I think that's I think that's better odds than Arizona winning the, the Stanley Cup. But. Oh, probably. Um, some news out of Canucks camp. Um, before we talk about the big news, before we talk about the big news coming out of the Canucks camp, uh, we have four days until the Tyler Myers, or as the online oh. community loves to talk about, uh, chaos draft until his bonus is paid. So how um, much is this bonus that is allegedly $5 million? Owned? What? Um, I believe that's correct. Let me double check that. Oh, I yeah, thought it was five, like 750000 No, that's why you can't trade him. It's five, uh, the $5 million signing bonus. $5 million. So in four days, on the 15th of September, he gets $5 million put into his bank account, meaning the, only, the actual money he's owed is only $1 million. His cap hit is still $6 million, but the actual money owed is only $1 million, which so, is what made this contract impossible to move until right now. Oh, yeah. So, from what I'm hearing, yep. From uh, radio station, radio stations, podcast out of Vancouver, very highly respected podcast of Sakaris and Price. Yes. Um, that there's a deal in place. They're not saying who, because they're they probably. I'm thinking Sakaris or Price probably knows, but they're not saying a boo. They're not gonna boo no. It. And again, talking about the Scaris and Price show, I was, I believe on Friday's show, John Shannon was on talking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's and what I was it, listening to this morning. Yes, and John Shannon mentioned that he alluded to that there are many GMs, or that there's a, a possibility of a trade being done, and that if the trade was done, and there's GMs out there that will say, if this trade deal comes out before it happens, the trade is dead. And, and that's know, what... Go ahead. We know there are teams out there that do that. And Jim Rutherford is one of those guys who likes to work in secret. He doesn't want everyone knowing what he's doing. When I say everyone, the, the media, the insiders, he doesn't like them knowing what he's doing. So do we see a trade on Friday? Saturday at the latest? I, to me, you because of the young stars, because the young stars start on the 15th in Penticton. Which oh, is that's Friday. Friday. You either have to announce that trade on Friday to get everyone talking about the Canucks, and then you'd be like, oh, and don't forget Young Stars, because you've got that hype, you've got people talking about it, or you wait until Monday. You wait until and Monday, either way. because then it's post-Young Stars, the trade gets done. However, I'm hoping in this trade that we're getting a young prospect back. Now, the question is, and that's my next question to you, what do we get? Ouch. Uh, <laughs> for those not watching... Jake just about knocked over his microphone. Yeah. I like that we have twin microphones. All right. It's so cute. You're in the middle. You were in the middle of a sentence. I got very distracted. <laughs> so that would be the next question is, so he's being paid his bonus. We all know he's not going to play here. It's not going to happen. No, now, now let me say something. Never say never. I will not say he won't play here. However, there needs to be a trade that happens, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here, but there needs to be a move that happens for the Canucks. So, Myers is going to go. We're not going to have the chaos that he creates on the ice anymore. Now, the question is, what do we get for a Tyler Myers besides a bag of pucks? Our, now, we need someone to replace to replace this spot on the lineup. We do have some players down in the NHL. Our or in the AHL, sorry, our NHL D 
defense isn't that good to begin with. So bringing a guy up isn't ideal unless the team, which they have more insights than we do, especially at this time of year um, on player progression, different things like that. You almost need a defenseman coming back. Oh, yeah. And as we know, defensemen don't come around. Let me rephrase that. Top level defensemen don't come around every day. And like looking at the team that is the most highly talked about, the highly rumored of San Jose with the loss of Eric Carlson or the, the trade of Eric Carlson and not getting a big um, minute eating defenseman. You don't have a lot of options that as a Canucks fan, I would be happy with that the Sharks would want to let go because they're like the only one I can think of is there's a Mario Ferraro. He's 24. He's a left shot defenseman, which we, that's fine. Who cares about left and right? Cap had a $3.25 million. So we're only saving 1.75 million or sorry, 2.75 million. Math is hard. I, I don't know if that's worth it. I don't think we're getting a player. You think we're just getting a draft Picks. pick or something? Second like rounder. I honestly and listen, and it was funny because I was listening to again Sakaris and Price, Price and Sakaris. What is it called? Sakaris and Price. Sakaris and, and Price. Thank you. And they had brought it up a week ago or so, because everybody's talking about this in Vancouver, of course, be- yep. between this and what we're going to talk about next. Um, the captaincy is they are convinced it's not going to be the a player for the sole reason of the cap hit. But, and again, so, okay, so we take Tyler Myers out of the equation. Let's just erase him from the defense right now. We have Quinn Hughes, top top four defenseman. Philip Hironik, hopefully a top four defenseman. Then we have Carson Soucy, who's never played top four minutes. We have Ian Cole, who's, I believe, yeah, 34. Has, hasn't played play top, top line. four minutes. He can, but he hasn't in a few years. We got Jack Rathbone, who the team has basically given up on. Uh, Guillaume Brisebois, who's 26 and has had a sniff in the can NHL. Play top, top six. And Matt Irwin, a 35-year-old. So no, you only have six. You only have three. Oh, three lines. For some reason in my head, I'm going four lines. I don't know why no. I did that. No, three. So, I mean, do we need a player? Yes. I mean, let me rephrase that. Is it a necessity? Yes. I don't think well, it is, Jake. To be, to, you need a, another top end right shot defenseman to even have a chance at sniffing the playoffs this year. Then you if, can't. You can't throw this defense as is constructed right now, less Tyler Myers in front of Thatcher Demko and, and expect Demko to be able to perform at the level he did in the bubble. Then you're going to have to add to Tyler Myers because Tyler Myers isn't going to get you a top four defenseman. No, I, and I agree with that. I, I 100% agree with He's that. He's not going to get you a third round. Third, uh, See, and that's I'm where... Sorry, it's just not in the market these days. So to give up Tyler Myers, you're giving up a guy who you know, despite the chaos that happens when there's no structure, let me say that again, despite the chaos when there is no structure, Travis Green didn't play with great structure, Bruce had no structure, and uh, Talkett comes in and he's a defensively structured guy. 
Where was Myers? You... What? Where was Myers before he came here? In Winnipeg. And what did he do in Winnipeg? He was a top four defenseman. And where did Winnipeg end up? I mean, they were a perennial contender for uh, like three, four years there. Nice so revisionist they, history, though. They they win a cup. Has let me phrase it this way: Has any Canadian team won a cup since I've been alive? Shit, I guess not, eh? One, one, and 92. I was uh, I was about three years old. No, in Montreal, uh, ninety three, Montreal, ninety three, because the Canucks um, were ninety four. Canucks Islanders ninety four, or Canucks right. Rangers ninety four. So, you put Quinn Hughes, Philip Heronik as your top line, Carson Soucy, Ian Cole as your second line, Tyler Myers isn't going to cost you an asset to put on your third line, you limit his minutes in a defensive structure, and then you let him walk for free, you don't have to pay anything to upgrade. You have people ready to go. You have free agency. And now you've got $6 million to play with. Next, But that's another year. I'm sorry. You... Canucks fans, I'm sorry. If you think <laughs> this year we're winning a Stanley Cup, I've got big news for you. I'm not talking about winning the Stanley Cup. I'm talking about putting a roster out when we're, what, $7 million over the, over the cap now? Yeah. With Myers? Yeah. So what do you then? What do we do? Brock Besser, I'm sorry, Brock Besser is gone. No, don't say that. He is not the player we wanted him to be. Don't get me wrong; he's dealt with a lot of off ice issues, but I don't think Brock Besser, unless he again, things change when coaches change. I don't think Brock Besser is the top six forward, sniping forward that we thought he was going to be. Did you hear Brock Besser's interview? And I'm questioning whether it was Besser. You said his off ice issues. With his father. Okay, it is the same guy. Okay, I wanted to make sure I was on the right page there. Yep. Um, I listened to an interview that was quite, um, I was really kind of like, wow, this kid's got it together. Um, Saying all the right things, I'll say. Um, as far as going into training camp, he's ready to be um, pushed hard. And well, he was etc. Cetera, et cetera. He's been called out by management and the coach by name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think uh, Brock Besser goes. I in if it's not Tyler Myers, it has to be Brock. It's one of the two. Who do you get rid of? If if you if you lived in the perfect world, who would Connor- you get rid of? I mean, Tyler Myers, but I would also have, would, in a perfect world, I would have gotten him before paying him his $5 million bonus. But you can't trade him when he's due with that $5 million bonus. Exactly, right? So, plus, okay, we get rid of Tyler Myers for $6 million. Are you getting a second round pick back? Or for a second round, are you going to have to retain a million dollars? Which you have the cap space to do. We're, as of right now, we're $4.9 million in the hole. Five million in the hole. Four point nine eight four. Yeah. So five million you could, in the hole. You could technically eat a million dollars of Tyler Myers' salary. So the cap hit is now only five million dollars to a team. I don't know. It just to me, Tyler Myers is the obvious candidate to go, which makes it and it, it and I don't know why I have this feeling, especially with Rutherford and Alvine doing things. Don't look at that as the target. 
I think, I really, I, I, I mean, just everything I've listened to, everything I've read, and I've actually, as I was telling Jake off, off air Crazy before awesome. we came online here, is I actually been actually paying attention to NHL a little bit. Um, as you get older, you can only, your attention span is only so much. And so football is pretty important. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's all sorts of questions and as the weeks go on with you taking, um, your vacation, you're going to be gone for the next three weeks. I want to announce that to everyone. Two weeks. Three weeks. You're going to come back from, you're going to come back from Europe on the same day and do a show. No, I come back on the Sunday, so I'll do the show on the second. Tentatively two weeks, maybe three weeks. Nah, I'll do the show on the second. Okay. Um, with you being gone, I'm trying to hammer down a couple co-hosts to help me out. If there is no co-host, you guys are just going to have to deal with me rambling oh, for God. 45 I'm minutes. I'm sorry. But there is going to be a lot to talk about because there you is. have young stars. You're going to have the start of training camps. And with everything going on roster roster wise across the NHL, there's going to be lots of movement. Do you want to jump into that now? And then yeah, let's about- jump into that now, and then we'll talk about the captaincy after. So, uh, yeah, as we were talking, the Canucks themselves are five million dollars over the cap, which is a rarity. You're allowed to be over the cap by ten percent during off season. Off season. Um, there are right now. September 11th, 2023, seven teams over the cap by millions of dollars. And when we're talking like millions, we're not talking 2 million, like Toronto's 13 million. Tampa Bay's what, 8 million? 6.7 million. 7 million. Vancouver, 6 million. Colorado? Uh, Sorry, Colorado and Vancouver are basically 5 million. Uh, The Canadians are 4.7. The Golden Noodles are 4.1. And the Florida Panthers, who are the last team I'll include on the list, are 1.1. So Now, there's a bunch of others, but there are hundreds of thousands where that's easy to get rid of. That's that's variable in the minors. Exactly. So, I was listening to uh, <coughs> and doing some reading. And they're, the experts, quotation marks, I'm not an expert yet on the NHL. I am a guru for the B, for the uh, You're a CFL, uh, CFL guru, but not an I am the guru. CFL guru. Uh, Kevin the medium is actually I'm not. Kevin the medium is. <laughs> um, there's going to be an unprecedented. Let me rephrase that. There has to be an unprecedented amount of movement of players during training camp than ever before. Yeah. There or. Has- Seven teams are going to go to the league and just give them the proverbial finger and say, what are you going to do? When we were what ta- are you going to do? We were talking about this off air before the show started that there were rumors at the end of last season, go like going into this off season, that there were a, and the, the quote always was a handful of teams and managers, uh, GMs and uh, owners going to the NHL and Gary Bettman and saying, we need to have more money. Like three years, four years of a flat cap is too long. We get that these were, this is what we agreed to, but we can't run a team because we thought the cap was going up. As we are talking, if it was 15 teams, if it was, if it was half the league or more, 15, 16 teams, you would have the NHL do something about it. But because it's half of half, 
half of half, only a quarter. Um, are these teams right now, again, per- giving the proverbial middle finger to the NHL, saying, you don't want to listen to us? Gary Bettman, your time is technically limited. You can be fired. I know it's shocking to, for, for Mr. Bettman to hear those words, but he could hear them. Well, considering he's been in charge longer than you've been alive. Um, I think it was the same year. I think he took over in 1993. 30 plus years now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think, I, I think technically I was born and then he took over in the off season of 93. They literally, it's it, it, right now it's a proverbial standoff. I'm sure Gary's on the phone going, yo, like we got to, we got to do something here. Um, and the big thing is, is all it takes is for one of these teams to blink and every single one will fall in line. Well, and that's why I agree with the people who are saying there's going to, there has to be unprecedented movement of players. In, I mean, when's the last time? I mean, I don't follow this nerd stuff as much as you do, but when's the last time that you can remember that there was trades during training camp? I can say, I don't like, we're not saying my, like minor league deals all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. PTOs yeah. all the time. But we're not talking minor. We're not talking a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand. Twelve million dollars for that's two the, six million dollar players. Toronto has to that's do something. A lot. Now they they can put some people on LTIR. Do they do they have people that are they can put on LTIR? Oh yeah, like, it's mean, easy to say that, but yeah, who are you going to? Go to the doctor and say, hey, yeah, these two guys are on LTIR. But now, again, you have to put people with worth, in the Toronto's case, $12 million. And they have a couple people who are aging who would probably really appreciate an extra two, three months off. And then, then what? Oh, this guy has to go get a surgery that's really technically optional. But surprisingly, they'll all be ready to go for... Playoff day one. Now, I think the experts are going to be right on this one. And there is going to be, it's going to be like free agency all over again or trade deadline all over again, um, except more movement. It's going to, it's going to cause an avalanche. It'll be, it'll be fun to see what happens. It will be. It's going to keep me interested when I'm away. I'm going to be watching, watching the, the newswire, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of days. Speaking of interesting. The Is Canucks... this really shocking, though? Yes. I am shocked that they announced the captain for this year. Really? I assumed, I assumed, and based off of the, the people that I listen to, the people that I, I read and follow the tweets of, that the Canucks were going to go with the three alternates for this year. So instead of having one captain, because, and let's face it, a captain is a figurehead. A captain is a figurehead for the media. So why? But he's a leader in the locker room. So is JT Miller. So is Thatcher Demko. So is. It's different uh, when you have got so, the C on it. You got the you you got the pressure of the media. So just for clarity, uh, for those who didn't oh, uh, pay attention yeah. to the news, Quinn Hughes was announced as the fifteenth captain in NHL history or er, er, in Canucks history. Um. But they keep talking about this core of leadership, right? Let's not forget Quinn Hughes. Do you know how old Quinn Hughes is? 
what is he, 27-ish, 26? Younger. Really? He's 23 right now. Oh, wow. He could be our captain for a long time. We said that about uh, Bo, too. Why are you going to be like that? Why all are you going to be so bitter? All I'm saying is that because he's so young, because he is so young, why not not have a captaincy? Because you have Elias Patterson, you have JT Miller, you have uh, Quinn Hughes. Those are your three leadership figures. With or without a, a letter on their jerseys, they're going to be who the team goes to or the media goes to. But do you think the... I'm asking a stupid question. Yep. Do you think that the Canucks organization didn't go pull those five together, four together, five oh, together? I'm, I'm sure they did. 100% they did. No. No, no, they did. 100%. Oh, they did. Yeah. And say, "Hey, look, guys, we're going to name a captain. It really does it's a it like you say it's it's just to see on your jersey which one of you would feel most comfortable in front of the media." I don't think and so. And probably to a T, they all probably pointed all at the same time cuz they've all talked about it. It's not and I, pointed to poor Mr. Hughes. So, Mr. Hughes seems to get the blunt of everything. I'm just saying. And poor Quinn went Okay. <laughs> so I think what actually happened, if you, um, I don't know if you had a chance. I know you've been super busy today with multiple hats on. Um, there would, they did have a press conference and yeah, oh. uh, to announce the captaincy. They put out a tweet and then they, you know, did a whole press conference. I, I read all the tweets and everything. I didn't hear the press conference. Um, Rick Hockett, when asked, like, why Quinn above, like, they, and they name checked. Uh, PD, Miller, Hughes, and Demko. Those are the four names that were mentioned uh, by name. And out, he's they basically asked, out of those four, why Hughes? And uh, Coach said, he's the guy who gets along with everyone. He's the guy who can go to everyone. Now, and this Makes is something sense. that... But it's also something you never heard before. No? You never heard that there was it was clicky or that there was people who didn't get along with each other in the Canucks room. Go back to go back to um, Kessler and Bieksa and the Sedins. Do I think they're super close friends? I don't think so. Do I think that they got along because they had? And I'm thinking more. I think Bieksa was definitely the Quinn Hughes of that group of being able to get everyone together. But Kessler was an emotional, hard on your sleeve type of guy, like JT Miller is. The Sedins are more like Pedersen, very quiet. Yeah. Will get angry at things, but they they hold it together. They're very professional. They won't smack a stick against the back of a fucking. I'm oh, sorry. But that's still whole. I still hold a grudge against that guy for that. But do you, um, you never heard of those issues. You not for one second. Did you hear, uh, that they had to have a, a team meeting because, uh, JT Miller pissed off other people or like Bo Horvat this past year yes. didn't go, didn't go to the Halloween party. And that was a huge issue. Yeah. First off, why is that an issue? Secondly, because the media had nothing better to talk about. Yes, we did. We had a team that was severely underperforming. You know what's going to cure all those ales? Win. Winning. Hundred percent. What when um, the Sedins, the the team you were just talking about, and you were like, you didn't hear any of that stuff. Why? Because we were winning. We were winning presidents' trophies year after year. 
We were the well, top of the league. We were one of the elite teams in the league and the, for a long time. Yep. Yeah, you're not going to hear an argument from me here. That, winning, fixes, winning fixes things. That logo. Shit. Look, no, stop looking at your camera. Look at your room. That logo. There you go. Should mean something to these kids. It's like, to me, it's like putting on the, the C for the habitants. Les habitants. The, the, the maple leaf for the, for Toronto or putting on the red or putting on the red and white for team Canada. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to like get, I'm going to, my blood pressure is going to boil here. It should mean excellence. Cause that's what we were for many fucking years. We, no, we didn't win a cup. So all you Smurf mafias go the hell away. And I'm calling everybody a Smurf mafia at this point, all but right. we were an elite team. And now we're a joke. Yep. And I, but, and you know, what's the worst part is, is I wish I could go on to blame uh, a, a, a group of players, like trade. An, a, a trade, but like looking back on it, the, the, a lot of people view, especially your generation, the older generation view, the Messier, the Messier times as the dark times for the oh, Canucks. Yes. The last 10 years, from 2013 to 2023, that's the darkest time for the Canucks. In your memory. No. Period. End of story. <laughs> Ten years. How long was Messier on the team? Dude, I started watching this team in 1970. Yeah. Do you, and know I'm the first, you know when the first time they actually went for a run? 84. 84? 82. 82. That's more than 10 years. Just saying. But no, 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 no. I, I agree with you. They they also got screwed. On the, the, the organization's been cursed from day one. Oh, yes. Absolutely cursed from day Don't one. Even scared me. But in those 12 years, there were bright spots. You don't have any bright spots from the past 10 years. You don't. No, and you're right. I mean. You have the bubble playoffs. Yeah, you have you have spot. one, you have one uh, shiny stone that you polished up and gave to your mom because the only reason the only reason we made the playoffs that year was because they had to end the season due to COVID. We were not in a playoff spot. I wish I could argue with you, but I can't. <laughs> we we <clears throat> won the play in. We got super lucky against the Bennington team or against the St. Louis team, St. Louis team where Bennington showed who he really was as a actual goaltender. He wasn't the miracle Bennington of their run. And then Vegas, a brand new team to the league showed up and said, no, 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 no. You go sit down. You go, you go back to your kitty table and you sit down. That's only because Vegas was, um, had to be successful. I was thinking about this the other day. Rod always gives me a hard time for hating hating on Vegas. They were they were given they were given a golden platter. They're golden knights. They were given a golden platter with with uh, with Gary Bettman cutting off the balls of every other GM. Well, because Vegas had to be successful because Gary put his word behind Vegas. It had to be successful from the moment it started. It had to be successful. 
not just because Gary put his word behind it, because, I mean, we've seen Atlanta fail twice. We've seen uh, Phoenix struggle this entire time. But if it failed, it would have failed epically and super quick because the Raiders were coming to town the next year or two years. Right. So you went from having a you went from having no sports allowed in Vegas to to the NHL is going to be here first and we're going to do it best. And now you're going to get now you have the NFL and now you're getting the NBA here as well. Supposedly. Yeah. And um, supposedly a baseball team as well. Yes. So. Going back to our point, how did we get off on this tangent when we were talking about um, Hughes being a captain? Because he gets along with everyone and everyone, uh, you didn't hear that shit when you win. You don't. So fix the problem. Win. It fixes everything. Fixes everything. So be prepared. We wouldn't be bitching about it, about who's going to be captain if they had gone on a long run last year. They made the made the western uh, the western final. If they made if they made the playoffs, yes, I don't think we're having this conversation no, to the to no. the degree. No, don't get me wrong. We've been like, cool. Hughes is captain. That's awesome. That's great news. Glad they See, did. I, I like the fact that Hughes is captain because now I can say I'm Captain Hughes. Oh boy. <laughs> um, one other announcement that kind of got buried. Well, I wouldn't say brushed on the yeah buried in the in the news. Um, is that the young stars game schedule was released. So uh, every year around this time, this uh, this upcoming weekend, um, in Penticton, the Vancouver Canucks uh, host the Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, and the Winnipeg Jets, and all of their um, their prospects. Are we going to call Jet fans Smurf Mafia too? I don't think so. They're not as okay. bad. They're, they're aware that their team sucks. Yeah. Um, they announced their schedule today. So it starts on the 15th. It ends on the 18th. Um, the really cool thing that I like in there is that they do have a uh, Penticton V's versus Chillac Chiefs game um, as part of it. So an actual uh, um, WHL game, uh, exhibition game thrown in there as part of the It would have been cool if you and I could have gone down for this one, but... But someone had to go on a vacation. Someone had to go to Europe. Um, I believe, and there's no guarantee on this, the last few years they have had some sort of broadcast for the Young Stars games. Um, for a couple yeah, of I sort of remember that from last year, if my memory serves me correct. But they had, haven't announced anything yet, so I don't know if it's, it's going to be doable or if they're waiting until closer to to announce which games are going to be available and how. So if you're in the Penticton area, if you like the Canucks or any of the four teams, go. Apparently it's a blast. Like hearing stories from Sakarison Price, from Rick Dollywall. This is a time where the journalists get to go have fun because it's the prospects. It's the start of it's the start of a new year. It it really refreshes things and And at this time, anybody can win the cup. Uh, and it's true. Anyone can win the cup. And you know what anyone can do right now? If what can wish? anyone do? What can, can they do, to- Jake? They can go to hughesports.ca and they can actually read an entire article that I wrote regarding the Canucks captaincy, as well as an article that the old man wrote talking about the upcoming, the past week, um, the past few weeks of the CFL and going ahead and his predictions moving forward uh, with the team uh, or with the league. Sorry. Um, your your picks. I, I meant to have these up, and I, I didn't. So uh, terrible me. Who did My you pick. have? 
coming out of the... Oh, for the article I wrote. For the article you wrote. I picked in the East, there will be no crossover this year. That's give my me your Give me your uh, East um, semifinal. Would be the Ottawa... No. It would be Montreal versus Hamilton. And you believe in the way you set out your picks that it will be hosted where the Grey Cup game will be hosted in Hamilton. I honestly think uh, Cody Fajardo has... How do I phrase that? I was going to say mental issues, and I didn't want to say that because that's not right. But I think think he's I know what you're trying to say. I think he's he's mentally done. He's been hit too many times. Well, we talked about it this weekend where... He puts himself in positions to get hit at every single opportunity, and it's not I good think he for enjoys him. it. Do you ever see him get up? He's smiling. Well, and there's an old <laughs> adage like... Who likes being hit like that? Do you, do you remember the UFC fighter, Forrest Griffin? Yes. He used to come out in rounds, and he said it. He said he'd go in there, and he'd be too calm. He'd get punched in the face a couple times, and maybe end up getting cut or bleeding. And that's when he would amp up and be ready to go because he wasn't allowed because he said back in the days in his amateur fights and before the UFC blew up to what it was, he used to punch him, like get himself ready by having a hard sparring session. Then all these restrictions came in because he moved up to the UFC and he couldn't do that anymore. Yes. Um, So that's my three in the, in the East. You did not, sorry, you did not say who the home team was for the West final. No, I said the East. Sorry, for the East final. You did not say who you think was finishing first. Oh, I well, obviously Toronto. I mean, I, they've already locked up a playoff spot. And it's true. There ain't nobody touching them. There's nobody even coming close to them. They have such an easy schedule. They play Winnipeg, and then I think they coast the rest of the way. Now, this one shocked me. Reading through your Western positions where you predicted everything. And I know you wear your orange-colored glasses to the to the your dying breath, but you have I bleed black and orange mother. You have a team that has already clinched a playoff spot, finishing second, the and hosting the, the I, semifinal. Everybody has written off BC. What they don't understand is we have a game in hand. We're only one game behind them. With if we win that game in hand. That game behind them comes October 6th in BC. What happened last time Bombers came to BC? We kicked their motherfucking asses. That's what we did. We didn't just beat them. We didn't allow them to score a touchdown. They kicked three field goals and that was it. So. Breathe. You're good. You're brave. Yes. BC finishes first, which really scares me because then they're um, literally um, off for like nine weeks. Yeah, I think we have, a, we have a buy the last week. Yeah. So then we'd be offered two weeks. Three, three, well, three weeks, really, because you play. Well, you play October you 20th. Yeah. So you play the la- your last game. Yeah. Then you got a week to your buy. Yeah. Right. Then you've got another week yeah, so before you just the have playoff to- start. Then you got another week before the Western final. So that's three weeks. You're down. Your your math is wild. I want you to do my taxes. Jake, how does that not right? You play your final game. Because every team, 
every team. I'm not talking about what every other team is. I'm talking about how long the BC Lions will be off the field from competitive ball. You play your final game. You've got a week till your bye. Yeah, you got a week, week for your bye. And then you've got another week to the Western semifinal. So you're off for two weeks. And then you've got another week that week you're to the playing. Western final. That's three weeks. You won't play ball till. Okay. Your math does make sense in the way you're explaining it. 21 days between games. There's six There's six or seven days. In the playoffs, there's seven days between each game. So yeah. you cannot count your, 20, your, your last seven days. That's the but same seven days that anyone would a, get. You still haven't played a game. But that's the same seven days. You're off. You're an extra week matter. off. So you're, you're off for 21. The other team's only off for seven. Yeah, so... You're still off for 21 days. Yes, but that's not a big difference. Like... <laughs> You're, it's, you're only two weeks off. You're, you're, to me, that's the greatest thing you can have with an older quarterback. You're 21 days without playing football is what I'm getting at. No matter sure, which way I mean, you go, which way you, pre- you look at you're, it. The, you're, week you're, the week you're off on um, for playoffs, you're having hard practices. Well, it doesn't matter, but you're not playing a game. You could go as hard as you want on practices. You've played ball. You know that no matter how hard the practice is, when you're playing the game, it's totally Correct. different. Correct. What I'm saying is there's 21 days between the last game you play and the Western final. Yes. Uh, Doesn't not matter just... what the other teams do. But, okay, yes. <laughs> Ga- your game week, you have seven days off between, for the most part, unless you're Winnipeg. <laughs> you have seven days off between each game. <clears throat> Sorry, unless you're playing Winnipeg, and then you usually only have five because they somehow... Well, four. You somehow managed to, to do that, but yes, you put, you, they they usually when you get to play Winnipeg, you have to um, you have you to play, play the on Sunday. the Sunday, and then you play Friday again, or the Thursday, or the Thursday when there's th- when there was Thursday games. But now there will be no more Thursday games. I don't think. No, BC's you... last four. No, that's not true. I don't think there is. I think they're all Friday and Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you'd be stupid. A double to header you. this I... weekend. There's a double header both Friday and Saturday. Yeah, you'd be stupid to try to go on Thursdays or Sundays with the start yeah. of the NFL. Why, why, um, why even try? Yeah, in my opinion, I mean, the season. What in theory, you move the season back a month. Yes, you're fi- you're having the Grey Cup next week. Or yes, in two weeks. Yes, and you coincide it so you have the Grey Cup. Preach, week. brother. You have you have your morning NFL games, yes. right? That start at uh, ten o'clock Pacific time. You bleed right into your pregame for the CFL. You have the Grey Cup, and you go. And this might hurt people's feelings. You go right into the Sunday night football game. Yes, you have the game, so it's earlier, and you go into the Sunday night football game because you know how much more attention, and you you promote it as like the the Super Sunday, the the CFL's version of the Super Bowl Sunday, because in Super Bowl Sunday you get one football game. On Grey Cup Sunday, you're now getting six Five. games. Whatever, yeah. Whatever you want to do, right? Like, well, TSN. Yeah. I mean, you've got five channels. Do I have yeah. to remind? Do I have to lean forward and go? Oops. Oh, now we can't see you. TSN. You have five channels. No, don't do start that. Why do you insist on showing the same thing on all the channels? What are you talking about? Did you not see the amount of rage on Facebook from people not understanding how TSN works? This week, the TSN one isn't showing the football game. No, TSN three was. Yeah. Well, I don't get TSN three. Then you're not oh. obvious. Then you're not obviously a CFL fan. 
How it, dare you? How dare you come at my fandom? It, well, first off, you didn't understand five. how fucking TSN works. Ten, how, it's ten bucks extra to get th- th- all of them. I think you can pay fifteen dollars, fifteen ninety nine a month to get every single TSN channel online streaming and so on your TV. Shut up! Like it, it, it's it's asinine. And then these are the same people being like, Dude, "If you're within two hundred and fifty kilometers of a football game and oh you don't have God. season tickets, go get season tickets." Fuck, people are dumb, and it's the or, same people always, or, <laughs> always, or the old famous. I have seven years refing experience. And well, then and then off, proceeds and then proceeds to call it a personal foul. First off, if you had seven years experience as an official in the in no, football, you know you, you would, know to be you fair, would you know could, better than call it refing. No, you could no no you could have seven years as an, as a referee because you well, would then be that you would, if you had seven years of referee you'd be the head referee knowing that it's not called a personal <laughs> fucking foul. That is an NFL term. I, I do notice that he just shut up after that, eh? It was like, zip. Guys, if you're wondering what Jake and I are going on about, go to CFL Chatter. It's so much fun. We love it. <laughs> Jake's got to calm down, man. So where, hey. where where was I? I was the one ranting, and then you took over my fucking rant. Well, we're, we're moving on here. <laughs> we're moving on here. We spent 48 minutes and we haven't even started looking into the week that happened in the CFL. And I'm going to no, be completely honest. We haven't talked about the West. Yeah, we did. We just talked about one. We okay. said, I said, BC oh, yeah, finished first. And then you went on a rant. Yeah, because, okay. Because you well, can't no, you, count. No, you went. <laughs> you, first off, you went on the rants. I then cut you off because you can't count. And then we got very sidetracked. So you have BC finishing first. Winnipeg finishing second. And who did you have finishing third? Saskatchewan. Which I think is a... I mean, the third... In your article, you talk about how the third is up for grabs. It is I up mean, for S- grabs. Saskatchewan does have a technical advantage right now with their record, but it's minimal. <sighs> Definitely. They hold They hold it, so they they control their own fate. Yes, I need. To, I want to see what happens with uh, Jake Dolagala coming off of the embarrassment that was this past week. That um, was embarrassing. We've been so, there. They did it to the Lions, which yep. was a way better team than the Riders were. So exactly. So, um, it, it, but it, as a young quarterback, who this is your first starting gig as a pro, how much will that affect you versus a a, a Vernon Adams Jr. Yes, I agree. So the reason I picked Saskatchewan is, and I wrote it, you can read my article on HughSports.ca, is Trey Ford has looked pretty good. He can run the ball a mile. He's proven that. He hasn't proven that he has an arm for the CFL, and the CFL is still a tossing game. Um, He had like 12 yards in that whole game that they won. It wasn't impressive. He had more than that, obviously, but you get my point. But now, and this is a conversation that I think is always valid. Why couldn't the CFL, why couldn't a Trey Ford change the way we view quarterbacks in the CFL? Oh, very well. Eventually, eventually yeah. there was, at a point there, it was a running game. And then quarterbacks started to throw. I don't know. Maybe. Not right? my, like, not there, my lifetime. No, I mean, the CFL has been around for a hundred years. Yeah. So I've been watching for over half of it and it's been a throwing games 
since. But you could be right. It could be but before if, I started watching, it was a running. Well, game. and I was going to say there for many years there. Uh, this is to show history. You couldn't throw the ball forward. You had That's to throw true. the ball backwards. That's true. Um. So, but uh, the forward pass come into play. Do you know what year? I want to say it was post World War One. Yeah, I was. Just, I think yeah. it was. I think it was post World War One, pre World War Two. If my memory is serving me correct, I don't know why that jumped into my brain. So I'm sticking by it. When did the nine? Oh, it's actually earlier, 1906. So pre World War One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now now you know. How was football played before the forward pass? Two yards and a cloud of dust. Correct. <laughs> um, so let's That's look funny. at let's look at the week that was in the CFL, and then we get to reveal the always calm, cool, collected power rankings. Nobody gets excited about those. No, no, everyone's very level-headed. Go to CFL chatter and see what we're talking about. Um, now, I'm going to be predominantly quiet. I know that's shocking to hear. I'm going to be predominantly quiet through this because I was very busy this weekend doing many different things. Uh, so I didn't get to watch a lot of the football. So, old man, we had the Hamilton Tiger Cats going into Ottawa and winning by a score of 20, 27 to 24. After I finished reading the scores, yeah, you can just say. Well, you said you were going to be fucking quiet. This is not being quiet. This is the opposite of quiet. <laughs> was this the Friday night game? This was the Friday night game, yes. It was a fun game to watch. Um, two teams that um, literally, I'm going to say, they had they, they, it was a must win for both teams because they both suck. And they're, they're like, literally one of them is going to finish third by default in the in the east uh the question is will there be a uh crossover i don't think there will be because i think calgary sucks and edmonton sucks so um i think the tie cats are gonna put together a few wins here and they're gonna beat montreal and host the uh not only will they host the great cup they'll also host the semifinal. wouldn't that be cool it'd be pretty cool i mean i doubt hamilton's gonna make it past toronto oh um, no or Montreal, no. for that matter. But uh, for the town of Hamilton, it'd be pretty cool. It would be. It just yep. good. It's good for the league. Yeah, it is. Um, and then after this game, we head into what the CFL or what TSN was calling Super Saturday, and we lost the old man. Of course, we lost the old man because um, when wouldn't we lose him when we actually need him? I think he sneezed and hit a button or something. But we had the um, Alouettes go into Toronto and... I mean, again, we talked about it. The Toronto's lost one game all year, and in my opinion, it was a total fluke to the Calgary Stampeders. Um, but the the Argos walked away with this one, from my understanding of the game. This was the early game. Oh, um, this was the first game, and I, I don't know if you told them, but we didn't get to watch the whole game because we were out being busy. Jake and I. Yes, I did um, not. I did not mention that. No, it wasn't important. We knew the Argos were going to handle the L's, and they did. And the Argos are just that good. Um, the best team in the league by far. I don't care what the uh, Smurf Mafia has to say. Um, until they beat the Argos, they you got to be to be the man. You got to beat the man, and you ain't beating the Kelly. Chad Kelly is a phenomenal quarterback. He can throw the ball a mile. He can run with the ball. He can do it all. 
and uh, he's made for the CFL. And let and let's be honest, D, uh, Ryan Dinwiddie, head coach, um, and I believe he's also the offensive coordinator. I could be wrong on that though. I want to um, say you're right. Built an offense with Chad Kelly's tools in mind. They yeah. took the rather than taking a a plan and building and putting the quarterback into it, they took the quarterback and built a plan around it. Which was smart, right? And and that's something I want to key in on because I want to talk about it in the last game that we talk about um, this 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 week. Huh? The Brian Dinwiddie and the Argonauts built the plan I heard around. Yes, I'm repeating it for you to, to fully understand the sentence. Built the plan around Kelly's skills. I want to key in on that fact when we talk about the last game oh yes week. um any anything else like anything else that's caught your eye from this one yeah the inconsistencies in penalties are literally driving me cuckoo for cocoa puffs good so we're going to talk about the um i can't remember the kid's name that got kicked by um from the Alouettes, um, I'd have to no. look it up. It's in my article that I wrote, and I haven't posted it yet because I didn't like it. I have got to, going to have to relook at it. Anyways, it's one of those plays where you look at it and you go, yep, penalty, ejection. No question about it. And guess what? It was a penalty and an ejection, just the way it should have been. That caught my eye. Carry on. I have nothing to say. I missed most of these games. Um, so let's jump into the game that the only thing I can really say about is the Bombers were angry. They came in pissed off to that game that they lost um, to Saskatchewan and just destroyed this Saskatchewan by 45 points for a final score of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at six and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 51. Everybody knows my dislike of Argos, or sorry, Bomber fans. I don't dislike the team. Our, uh, Winnipeg has always kind of held a special little spot in my soul because I used to go there a lot. Um, I don't dislike the Argos, the Bombers team. It's their fans that are kind of nuts. But yeah, kind of, my question would be, what the hell were they doing, leaving? Calaris in as long as they did the riders were coming at them they were taking cheap shots they were late hitting them and to the first person that says oh but points for and points against matter no they don't not not in this scenario and you got to understand why i say that the only time points for and points um against come into play is if there's a tie uh between two teams and it is the second tiebreaker after head to head. The Bombers and the Lions are the only two teams that can tie for first place. And they're only played three times this year. They did not play four or two. Their four points, four and points against do not matter. The only reason they left that man in there was because they wanted to hit 50 points again. No other reason. And good on them. But you put your quarterback at jeopardy. He's already See, now- hurting. Every time he goes to stand up, you can tell he's hurting. Bomber fans, October 6th is coming. It's going to cost you. Now, now, I I didn't see the game, so I can't say anything. I literally woke I up from my off. nap. Truthfully, I, I turned it off at halftime. 
I was, woke up from from my nap and was like, "Sorry, what the fuck did I just see?" Like literally blurry eyed, like, "Oh man, I passed out." With TSN on, and I saw the score pop up as they were heading to like the commercial commercial break right before the Stamps Alex game, and it was Bombers fifty one, Riders six, and I was like, and I messaged your man, I was like, "Did I just see that right? A forty five point game." Just sad. Just it was an now, embarrassment. The Riders were outplayed, outcoached, out offensed, out defense, out. They were out of it. The national anthem played, and the Riders sunk. They were not outclassed. I will. I will say this. That's the only thing to, they weren't. To me, it is unclassy. In the if in the fourth quarter you hadn't pulled Claros, it's. You're looking to get him hurt. You know the riders hate you. And, and and you know and you know what, Mike O'Shea, please do it. Please keep doing it. Every time you play, let him stay in into the last couple minutes of the game please. when you have a 45 point lead. Because because there's going to be a hit where a defenseman says fuck it, and he's going to hit him in the knee and he's going to roll. Intentionally. Not oh. that players are intentionally dirty, but when you're getting your ass kicked like that, you have you these players have pride. They have egos. There's a reason that they're professional sports players. There's a reason they are where they're at. And it's not because they got lucky. It's because they have the passion for the game. When you're embarrassed, you're taking those cheap shots. Everyone will. And you haven't locked anything up, folks. Well, no, they have now. They have locked up a playoff position. You haven't locked up home field for the Western final. You haven't locked up number one. Regardless of what your fan base might want you to believe, you're not the best. To be the best, you have to beat the best. You haven't beat Toronto. You haven't played them. You haven't beat them. One, As for beating, Van- beating BC, we're 1-1. One one. I don't care what the score was. Shut up. The score is one, to, one win, one win. You're 1-1 one one against us. We held you to no touchdowns. You didn't do that to us. Guess what? You're coming home. You're coming to BC, and we ain't going to play nice. We know Kalaris is hurt. You can see it every time he goes to get up. Do you think we might go after him? And now, let's just continue <laughs> That's my to... That's re- promo for the day. <laughs> let's just continue to... a good re- wrestling promo. <laughs> let's just rewind the clock here a little bit. Great Cup, twenty twenty two. Oh, oh. Who who won that? Please please remind me because I feel and, and and I know it feels like we do pile on to the bombers. Again, the team I like watching the team. I think the team's super fun to watch. Freaking it's the fans. It's the fans that drive me nuts. But it's it's not all the fans. Let's make sure. There's a reason I call them the Smurf Mafia. It's not all the fans. It's, it's a segment of fans. It's that the are loud called- minority. Yes, they're they're 100%. called the Smurf Mafia because that's what they are. It's it's like the Rider Nation, ah, Rider Nation, Canada's team. So for those who don't know what I'm talking about, going back to the Grey Cup, the old man just said, "Hmm," didn't answer my question. Um, the Blue Bombers lost to a check- one more time for they can hear. Blue it loud. Bombers lost after they had already planned the parade and their fans had literally. I know I know a person who got a tattoo before the game. Because they were that confident. And this young kid named Chad Kelly came in and destroyed them. Picked them apart as if that was his entire job. Like oh, he was a sur- they won by a few points, though. Like he was a surgeon picking out cancer from yes, a patient. The CFL robbed us. Right. 
it's this whole. They and think it's me... a dynasty. They've won two cups in thirty years. And and let's okay. So twenty twenty two, they lost. Twenty twenty one, there was no season. Twenty twenty, they won. Okay, so my in my rule book, a dynasty is three and three years. Or three or, and five years. Or three and five. That's how I view a dynasty. They have when who did they win twenty nineteen? I believe that was the, the the one we were at. I don't remember who won. That's an that honest question. Eight, that was eighteen. Was that eighteen? Yeah. I'm just so at most it up. at most they've won two in five years. Yes. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I'm looking I, I hate this. List of Grey Cup champions. Here we go. Oh my god, they go back to nineteen oh nine. So twenty twenty two was Toronto, just for you guys know, it was Toronto. Winnipeg in twenty twenty one. 2020, the season was canceled, and then Winnipeg won it in 2019. So I'm just going to scroll a bit here. Sorry, no, 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 you don't need to scroll. I, I'm going to see. I'm t- hold on. So that's sorry. Well, who was 2018? I'm still Jake. Jake, I'm still scrolling. What's the point? The, who won in 2018? Uh, Calgary. So oh. in the last five years, they've won two. Yeah, they have been relevant for four of those years. Yep. Because let's face it, the, the year Calgary won, they were not relevant. 2018, they were not relevant. They were they were an up and comer, but they were not the team they are now. Yes. So but they'll they'll remind you in twenty in nineteen ninety they won two, just so you know. Oh, nineteen ninety, the three years before I was born? And then in eighty eight they won again. Like in eighty four they won. It's it's their their fans are just it's it. You know what's funny is back then that's closer to a dynasty than what they oh, have yeah. now. Oh yeah, I'm um, sorry. I hope they don't make it out of the playoffs. I have a feeling they might because they're a really good team. There's no taking away. They're a good team. If so, my big thing, if they play at home in the Western Final, they have the best chance to win. Yes, we have to finish or, first in order if in order the, for them to not. The Lions finish first, there's a higher chance the Lions win. I agree. That's that's the that way I put it. Now, is there an ultimate upset where Saskatchewan goes into Winnipeg and remembers this fifty one to six game be something. where they left Claros in and he didn't get injured? I would love it. Love it. Look, love sports it. has lore, sports has a very weird way of being poetically just. Fuck, that would be so much fun. So then we jump into the last game of the Saturday triple header. And the Elks return the favor to the Stamps in the Labor Day rematch. And these two teams are just so poorly put together that they are mirror images of each other. But they're so much fun to watch this game. Because... Because they're just, just, it's chaos. It's just literal chaos, but it's so, so much fun. It's like. So remember, I know it was like 15 minutes ago because we kind of got hung up on the Bombers. Um, I mentioned that Chad Kelly was the focal point of the offense in in Toronto. I then look at both the Stampeders and the Elks. And (laughs) 
Jake Meyer was not built to be throwing the playbook that that, that Dave Dickinson has handed him. That playbook, not at all. that playbook was intended for Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah, and, and they haven't Dave, changed it. And Dave has refused to change his ways. Because Dave did it. Dave can do it. Bo Dave was able it. to do it. Bo, Bo did it. Now it's not Mayor. Put Mayor on any other team, and I bet you he's way better. Put no, not just that. Put Mayor with Ryan Dinwiddie, and I oh. bet you any money, Ryan Dinwiddie finds the strengths of Meyer and makes it work. Yes. And then we go over and look at the Elks, and this is why I want. I said I, I want to key point that and talk about the Elks because the Elks playbook was never intended for Trey Ford, but they're making adjustments to make it work with Trey Ford. Run the next ball, year, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Next year, I expect Trey Ford to be the starter in Edmonton. And I expect the playbook to be built around him. Jerry's Jackson clearly saw something that's, um, what's his name? I can't, uh, McAdoo um, didn't see in Trey Ford. Yes. And I believe in the mind of Jerry's Jackson, despite him not being the most talented quarterback that I've seen play for the BC Lions, he was a damn good quarterback. He was, he was, he was a good. I mean, he wasn't, wasn't great, elite, but he was. Yeah, good. he wasn't a Lule, a Dickinson, a. No. a I just love that everybody throws Lule's name out there like he was some kind of um, he had, long. He had time. three. He had three years of elite play, and then concussions took Two. him out. I'd say three. Yeah. Okay. We'll go. We'll he give came, him three. I was yeah. say the year he came in, and then the two years after that. That's, yeah. I don't think it was a full year that he played when he no. first came in, though. So, um, yeah, this this game was just other than the commentary. Chaos. Well, it was you fun to watch. It was, it was chaos, but it was so much fun to watch because it was close all the way through. You didn't know who's going to lose. Notice I just notice I didn't say who was. No, gonna neither win. one of them deserved to win. I picked the Elks. I went three for four this week. Um, I don't remember who I picked. Did I make you picks? didn't make any picks on the uh, CFL pick them, just so you know. We all bugged you. Uh, we were laughing quite hard. It's Jake got all of them wrong. <laughs> he got a big uh, fat zero. <laughs> and I, I was like, I think that's a he third make picks again. I think that's a third week I've done that. And he's only two points out of, or three points out of first. <laughs> Maybe I do know what I'm talking about. I just have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> um, but something in this game that is still. I'm waiting. Uh, I don't know when the CFL comes out with their fines and suspensions. It's I think usually, it might be tomorrow. It's usually announced uh, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, like, I'm gonna I'm it, gonna give them till tomorrow till I go on a big rant. But we go back to the hit in Montreal. Yep. And let's go back a week before with the 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 headbutt. You know, that intentional life-threatening, the guy should be charged with murder and never allowed to be play the game again because, oh my God, he had our quarterback. Yes, it was ahead, but it was dumb and he should have been ejected from the game. I don't, I don't disagree, but he didn't try to kill him. Um, no. Anyway, move forward to this week, Montreal game. Sorry, sorry, I want to Col- interject there. I want yeah. to interject there. I believe the ref made the right call on the fields. For which for which one? For the headbutt. Because there was no malicious intent. There was no wind up. It was an unnecessary roughness call. Upon further review, it was clearly intentional. Yes. He clearly had the sound mind. But remember, we're seeing that replay three or four times 
The ref sees it. The once. ref sees it live once and has to throw that flag. This is where my point. You're going to understand my point. No, no, said no, no, that. no, no. That's fair. I, I wanted just to yeah. clear that up because there was no challenge. It was never reviewed. But the problem with that one, and I'm going to go go to it again, was that flag was really late. Like they didn't throw that flag right away. Yes, they did. It, no, in it the, was delayed. In the in in the replay, the headbutt happens again. You're watching that headbutt in slow motion, and the the headman goes like this and grabs his flag. I'll have to go back and look at it. I didn't see it that way. Anyway, so let's move to because we're going to go. We can go back and forth on this. Yeah. Let's go to the Montreal game. Proper call. There was a, a open handed. That was the funny part. An open handed slap in uh, Montreal hitting a Toronto player. Um, and he got ejected. Yes, he should have been. You yeah, can't Michael, hit another player. That's assault. Michael Wick, I believe it was Mike. No, that's not right. No, I got it. Um, I can look it up if you really. I'll find Quinn. Him. Quinn something or other was a guy that got hit. Um, Austin a, Mack. Yes, Mack. Mack. Austin Mack is the one that got kicked out. He hit uh, Quantez Diggers in the head. Open-handed slap. I've watched it twice now. Three times. Fast forward to the Calgary game. Biggleton. There's a scrum. There's pushing, shoving. He winds up and open hand slaps. Like if he would have, if this, if that kid didn't have a helmet on, he's being knocked out with that slap. It wasn't just a light headbutt, light headbutt. I got in real trouble for saying the light headbutt. Um, but the open handed slap was like insane. Now the penalty was called, so the referee did see it happen. Objectionable conduct. 15 yards. Matter of fact, there was three penalties on that play and it was two against Calgary, one against uh, the Elks. 15-yard penalty. And I'm looking going, and? And? How is Biggleton allowed to stay in that game? Jake, you even texted me. It was like, in capital letters, like, how is that not an injection? It was insane. Now, this is where I'm like, okay, this is where the league needs to get their act together because they have the eye in the sky. They have people watching the game. They have the ability to call down and say, yo, Jake, head referee, that's an objectional conduct ejection. It has to be. They have to be able to do that. There's almost always a conversation. It's never like people always assume, I and this guy can just make a call. No, they can't. The head referee, the buck stops at the head referee. If the well, head referee, that's Jake, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Yes, no, you, there I, needs to be. You're not. No, you're not listening because you wouldn't have said that if you listened to what I said. Okay. I literally said they need to change that rule. That's, I know what the rule is. I'm saying they need to change that rule so the eye in the sky can make that call. Yes, and I'm explaining it for people who don't understand the intricacies of everything. Right now, the play, the video review looks at the play, tri- can can trip down at any point to the head referee and say, hey, this is what I saw. What did you see? And that's why there'll be sometimes be conferences that take a while because they'll all get together. And, and usually it's with the, um, especially in the CFL level, with the eye in the sky. And you can have a conversation. And if you're blocking someone and you do this, that's not a strike to the head. Why would the 
why have officials on field if you're going to have the eye on the sky? Because you, they've missed so many obvious calls. They've then, got then to take, then take the, the then take the refs off the fields. No, you're being ridiculous. So no. you get this, you get this whole "I'm a referee, so we never make a mistake." No, they, that's uh, bullshit. They no, made a 100% mistake. Not it what should I'm have been fucking corrected, and it wasn't. Bigleton should not have played the rest of that game. You even said it. You, I have the text 100%, message. I'm, uh, actually, so let's go back. Um, I'm not saying I'm disagreeing with you. I'm playing devil's advocate for a specific reason. Because you're just saying that the eye in the sky should be able to call down it. You know how slow that would make games? Not every, Jake, stop being ridiculous. It's not so, on every play. But It's where on does, obvious missed calls or missed interpretation of the rules this isn't even a missed call because this was a call that well it, no it was, it you was a sent me the rule and it clearly it was, says a punch or an open-handed slap but to that's, that's a rough to another that's a player's rough, an automatic ejection if they called it a rough play they didn't call it a rough play they called it a, a objectionable conduct correct but that's that's what i'm getting at jake is yeah. they need someone to correct that how can the exact same play in Montreal be an objection and this one not? The inconsistencies can't happen all the time. And it's not just once or twice. It's constant in this but league. That's and it has been for years. It's with the NHL. It's with the NFL. It's with the NBA. Not, it's with- not in the blatant obvious as the as a CFL. Not even close. One of the biggest reasons is NHL officials are way better trained. They have way more training constantly. CFL doesn't have that constant training that the NHL would, or even in Major League Baseball does. You look well, at Major MLB, League Baseball; they've MLB they've they've is, is, improved so much. Well, not just that, but they're also starting to embrace technology. And down in the um, AAA, they're gonna or uh, whichever the I hated their MLB system because I never know is AAA better than AA or vice versa. <laughs> But the, the blah blah blah. The the bottom league is now using a um automatic strike zone. So it'll buzz. Could they not it'll just beep in the ref's ear for that? Yeah, so it, it's a it's not a beep, it's actually a buzzer on your pants. Yeah. And it's like one buzz means strike, two buzz means balls. You means don't ball. need someone behind the plate anymore. You do because in theory, because that's it's game management. Traditional it's, traditionalists no, will say you no, do. because it's the same. Me being hyperbolic and being like, let's just take, take all the refs off, off the field. field. It's, yeah. You need people on the field, game management. You, They might not be calling the balls and strikes, but they're calling the, hey, shut the fuck up. You can't talk to a player that way. Yes. Sort of thing, right? No. Um, I, I think the the issue with the CFL is there's no communication to the fans through PR, through anything on things like this. NHL, there's clear communication with things. There's an entire account for player safety. There's an entire account for following different things. Now, the reason I was being very, how, where do you draw the line? The original rule for NHL on the offsides calls was supposed to be for, you could review it if it was uh, terribly erroneous. Like there was a play the season before they brought it in where a guy was offside by about three feet picked up the puck and scored and they never blew the whistle because the ref said it was onside because he was not at an angle to call. We saw two years ago 
I think it was two years ago, where they zoomed in and it was a pixel. A pixel, and they called it off or onside versus offside. You need to have a line of, so why can you look at rough play, but you can't look at face masking? Play, they're, they're both for player safety. And now I every think- play... And now every play is under review from the, the officials booth. When you have a face mask, very rarely will a face mask mask penalty result in an ejection. Very rare. It, it, I've seen it. No, no, no. But but, very, very, very rare. But so the reason the rough play with a punch is... or a slap to the head. Yeah. There, there's there's no rule interpretation here. That's what I'm getting at. This but, wasn't a rule interpretation issue. This was he punched was. a guy, they, open-handed punch, slap, punch, you can call it. He didn't punch what, him. Be, let me finish. He yep. didn't slap him. He he didn't punch him because he knows if he punches a helmet he's going to break his own hand. It wasn't a ooh. It was a wind-up and a whap up 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 up. Again, you see I, those things on TikTok where they slap fights? That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> well, and I don't so, think I was watching the game at this point. So, to, um, yeah, you did because you sent me. How is Biggleton still in the game? Uh, that you was actually sent me a text saying, "How is Biggleton still in the game?" After right when it happened, is, is was that right when it happened? Because I honestly I don't remember the play that well um, because I found the because <laughs> I found you the rule for rough play. Yeah. But I had no well, idea they called that, it a... You literally sent me a thing. Okay, but they I didn't realize they didn't call it rough play. They called it objectionable conduct. So clearly it is a rules interpretation. They called it a different penalty. But that's when the, the... For a play like that, where you've misinterpreted it so bad. But Yes, so bad. Because it's a matter of, if you interpret it correctly, that boy is tossed from the game. But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is we're all focused on whatever TSN shows us, right? Which is which is good. That's what TSN's there for. If and I'm reading, and I, the reason I keep looking off to the side if you're watching on YouTube, is I'm reading the objectionable conduct from the CFL rule book. There's a handful of things in here that have nothing to do with physical contact. So if they all they did was hear him say a slur, if they heard him say uh, a verbal abuse or objectionable gesture directed at an opponent. Um, there's kicking and throwing an official's flag, which I don't think <laughs> happened at that point. Like, And I'm looking at it like, these are the reasons you call objectionable conduct. A slap would never be called an objectionable conduct. So they did not call him on the slap. The slap needs to be taken out of the context because yeah. the... But that's the only thing Biggleton did. So you, you were down- didn't do anything else. Biggleton were- came in and slapped the guy. Watch it. You can't but- talk about it if you didn't watch it. So, but again, I'm saying, and I'm interpreting from what the, if the officials called an objectionable conduct, they're but not. That's, what, that's my whole point that you're not understanding. Is but you keep saying they- it's a misinterpretation of the rule. It is because they didn't call it right. But they, so, but what if they, okay. So again, the slap didn't happens. didn't do anything it- else but slap the guy. That's all he did. The slap happens. Me and you are talking. No cameras behind us. And a guy behind you, we're officials. Just listen, just listen. A guy behind you comes up and slaps a guy across the face. Me and you are having a conversation. I don't see it. But I hear a guy who says, go fuck yourself, motherfucker. 
I'm throwing the flag on that wording. I'm not throwing the flag on the slap. I didn't see the slap. Okay. We could go back and forth and we're not, I'm done with the conversation because you just, at this point, you're just trying to, you literally, when it happened, sent me a text saying, how is Binkleton still in the game? So now you're just trying to um, make that it look, not, trying to make not true. look silly on the air and I'm done with it. That is not true. At I'm Saturday done with at it. At Saturday at 8.42, you said, is this true? That's how that conversation started. Okay. Kieran. Okay, well, everyone, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I will see you guys here next week. Have yourself a wonderful night. Goodbye.